culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach on all of the social meds. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, you're going to want to go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach or just join our private Facebook group, which you can join by clicking that link in the description below. So I'm very excited about um, today's guest, who's a repeat guest, who always comes down to kind of break the weekend news and just what's happening in Bravo land. But I just need him to know how much (laughs) I went through this morning. One, how much I love him. And two, how much I went through this morning to prove my love for him. Because it's (laughs) it's now noon. And uh, well, first, please welcome the host of so... uh, Please welcome the host of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, Mr. Ryan Bailey. How are you doing, What's Ryan up? Bailey? What's up? Good. What's up, okay. No Filter Nation? I need you I need you to know what I went through this morning for you. So not only okay. was I a little hungover, maybe just a little bit. Sure. I maybe need yeah. a little Advil. But I got up. I did boot camp, like hardcore kick my ass boot camp. I washed my hair. Do you know how long of a process it is to wash my hair, Ryan Bailey? It is a mission. And I like came, I was my glam team this morning and I was like, I I did it all. I I filmed a TikTok. I did the whole thing. Wait, 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 wait. The, t- the TikTok and the working out is your fault. You did not need to do a TikTok. You did I, not need to do a TikTok. See, I didn't. But then I was in the shower and the idea just came to me. And then I just Wait, had. I, I, so you're fully on TikTok. I'm just starting to get introduced to TikTok. And it's one of those things that it's like, oh, no, it's going to be another thing that I get obsessed with. And I hate that. And I'm like late to the party, which I'm like, I've been really resisting it. And now I'm like just scared it's going to overtake me. And I'm going to eventually be in the shower and then need to stop because I have some idea for TikTok. See, that sounds awful. It sounds like a burden. See, but the thing is, like, I'm not really, I'm not that popping on TikTok, but what I, I pop in for whatever reason on Instagram Reels. So I just do the TikTok so that I can post them on Instagram Reels. And like, it's it's like a great engagement. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, by the way, also Killer Sheena. Uh, uh, wow. 
Wow. Thank you. I mean, you. that's uh, that's like, that's a big one. Can I give you some tea? Yes, please. So, okay, I'm just going to spill it. So, tea, it was her PR um her team. PR team that that booked it, and originally they told me we were not going to talk about Lala. Like Sheena, the only things we couldn't talk about were Vanderpump Rules because it hasn't been picked up yet, and she's still under a gag reel with Bravo. Because you know you've had Bravo guests on yes, your show, yeah. and the Bravo PR people can sometimes be a little annoying. Um, so they so they told me the two talking points we weren't allowed to discuss were Vanderpump Rules and and the Lala stuff. And then, like, less than 24 hours beforehand, they're like, actually, Sheena wants to talk about the the Lala stuff. <laughs> and here's the question that we think you should ask. And it was the exact, or for the most part, exactly the same question about how Lala bashed her on Instagram yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. I was like, ooh, we really want to, like, get a spicy interview. So I wasn't expect I because they allowed me to talk about it so quickly, um, so within a uh, short time frame before the interview and because they basically gave me the question that they wanted me to ask her, I was expecting a PR like, oh, you know, I've just decided yeah. I don't want to talk about it yeah. anymore. I'm going to rise above. I'm good as gold. And she just like, I don't know if what, somebody I mean, gave her a, a tequila what, shot what, I mean, or that, what. That, I mean, that is such a gift when somebody like, I mean, that's just so amazing when they, they want to talk about the thing that you want to ask. Like, you know, that it all like kind of like because it's rare that happens. So it's like it's really interesting because like that's what I hate. Like in the Vanderpump Rules kids, like they're so hard to get now because of that gag order yeah. where it's like, I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, really, for people really cool. that don't have podcasts or that don't interview these reality stars, like it's so hard because you also have to get the timing just right because like they can only do certain interviews at certain times like if yeah. if it's an off season then you have a better chance of getting them but then once it's the off season people don't care about them as much but when they're in production they don't want to be doing interviews but they only want to be doing interviews when the show's first premiere so that they can get press for the show but then they're doing interviews with everybody else so it's hard to get a scoop like it's just it's such a process the vis- vis- yeah i mean that's and it's so disappointing because you'll get i mean i know and by the way everybody out there listening will have their own podcast one day i believe yeah. that firmly but it is such a process and it's like full of highs and lows where you'll have somebody say yes and then they'll bail at the last at like, the I mean, last it's, minute it's a, it, and it breaks your heart and you have to learn how to not personalize things yeah it's nothing about you but to you it's like the most exciting thing in the world that this person might come on your podcast and to them it's just like well it's you know and it's it's one of those things that you're like oh please please and you're trying to find ways to like assure them that you know it'll be okay you'll have fun you know i know and for me i'm always just like super cautious i'm like i don't want to post the wrong thing on instagram because they're gonna see that i'm just this crazy person i'm like i'm like i need them to take me seriously because i'm screwed i'm like i'm screwed every time i book like a good guest on the show i'm always like they have no idea who i am they have no idea what my pod like this is a fluke they think i'm some other show they think i'm danny pellegrino they think i'm you know some something somebody else and like they have no idea and I'm always like on tiptoes, like just hoping that they don't cancel. Well, 
I mean, Dorinda, uh, somebody was helping me try to get Dorinda on the podcast and she's sworn off podcast. She just did Bethany's. Yeah. But she, but then somebody was like, well, I, I showed her your Instagram and I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't show her the Instagram. Do not show her the, and she's like, no, she's found some of it funny. And, and I was like, but it's one of those things. I'm like, man, like, cause I can be a smart ass there. Yeah. And it's like, not really my interview style, but it is yeah. funny how all of those things come into play because all of a sudden you're worried. It's like a first date or something yeah. where you want to come off your, like your best self. I was this close, this close to getting Dorit on my show. And Dorit's my favorite on Beverly Hills. Oh, she, what a season. This close. And then at the last minute, they're like, it's just not going to work. And now they're in production again for Beverly Hills. They just started product. They just started filming the new season. I'm just going to hang out outside Buca de Beppo for the next six months. And she's bound to show up. I don't think she's ever at Buca de Beppo, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't think she ever goes to that Buca de Beppo, except the one, the time that they filmed. Um, okay, so let's break down everything that's happening in Bravo Land. There wasn't anything wildly juicy that happened other than, I mean, the Sheena stuff was really juicy. But um, I think the other like bit of news that I think has really been penetrating the Instasphere is this Bronwyn news from Real Housewives of Orange County. First, are you watching Orange County? I know people are like boycotting it. Uh, no, yeah, Bron- I, I watched Real Housewives of Orange County. I don't think I'm going to talk about it on the main show, except for the Bronwyn stuff. And I talk, I do a full recap on my Patreon, but I thought the Bronwyn stuff was like top notch. What did you think? From the premiere? From the premiere, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I Look, I've never watched a full season of OC. I've never even watched a full episode of what? OC. I know. I know, um, except for the reunions last season. I think those, aside from clips and like recaps on YouTube, I never really watched OC. I'm just like, I don't care about these bitches. Like they look boring to me. But so I was looking forward to watching this season because it was going to be a shorter season. And I think when the housewife seasons are shorter and they're not these extended 22 to 24 episode seasons, like you just, you trim the fat, you get to the meat and you get the good shit, you know? Yeah, but do you also then get scared, though, when you're like, oh, crap, they can't even fill out 20 episodes? This must be a dud of a season? No, because I think they cram everything. They cut out all of the extra filler stuff. They I cut hope out- that, but that would be the first time. Like, what? I mean, I guess uh, Dallas has had shorter seasons before and stuff like that. But I, I hope that's I hope you're right. But sometimes that the the. I mean, what Vicky and Tamara were going around saying of like, man, they can't even fill 20 episodes. They're, they're bitter. They're oh, bitter. They're, I mean, it's bitter town, Betty over there, man. I, it's, so it's hysterical. Bitter. And I love that. I love that Tamara's like, my CBD company is going huge. And I'm like, uh, congrats. I mean, I'm sure the money is in CBD right her, now. Her, like, there are 500,000 CBD companies right now. I highly doubt hers no, is doing no, too hot right like, now. like, I feel like everybody, that's what they, somebody said recently, they need to do a documentary or a reality show series of everybody's first year after being let go as isn't, a housewife. Isn't that what they did? Didn't they do a life after housewives sort of thing? No, I think that's like a life after lockup. It's a whole nother show. No, 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 they did. Tamara and Vicky filmed something. Life after Housewives. I think oh, it was wait, like a special. Wait. 
It was already aired? No, I, even... I don't think it came out. Oh. They taped well, it right after they got fired. But I think they need to show it the whole year because yeah. you need a year for it to really soak in that you got let go. Yes, uh, yes. The only th- that would be so good if like a Netflix picked that up. The only thing that they they are not allowed they have the gag reel. They're not allowed to film any other shows for what a year after a yeah. year after they get fired. Yeah, there's like a non-compete clause yeah. uh, for their likeness and stuff. It's annoying. Um, but so you're not boycotting Real Housewives of Orange County? No, I mean, here's the deal. Like, I, I watch these shows, good or bad. Unfortunately, we're in a time where it's very sensitive what Kelly... I mean, here's the deal. I, I was very nervous about watching the show regardless because of the preview. I don't think I need to see a bunch of OC ladies go through quarantine yeah. of fighting for toilet paper when I had my own experiences yeah. like that. So I don't necessarily know if I need that highlighted, but it is also something that we like, we, we work in this. Like, I think we need to know this stuff. I think it's part of being a podcaster. Part of talking about these shows is that you watch it for the good and the bad. And also Kelly, like my, my thing with Kelly is that like, she's always the same person. It's just that now it's such a sensitive thing is that it's not so funny anymore. It's funny when on her first season, she was mouthing off and getting into fights, but now it's not so funny because we're all going through a tragic time and it just doesn't hit the same way, but yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make fun of Kelly relentlessly when I do, you know? And I think the other reason I'm not so like edit Kelly out of the show is because part of what this franchise was built on is showing different types of women and their lifestyle within that city. And the thing is you have like the Kelly Dodd that exists is like a real person in real life. And there are many women like her that have those opinions that are doing these things. And like, you need to see that on your television screen so that you know that these people exist. I just did this panel on my other podcast, hashtag adulting, where I had two liberals and two conservatives both come on the show. And we just had a full like round table discussion about issues. And then people were DMing me and they're like, I can't believe people like this exist. I'm like, that's why you need to expose yourself to people that don't see the world the way you do because that's why it's important for your ass to go out and vote because these people exist in the world and if you don't like what they're doing then you need to be the change in everyday life i think the dangerous part of that though is that i was talking about this on a podcast my podcast is that like the dangerous thing is that you have you're you're sometimes bringing to light issues that these people don't know the full facts on so you have susceptible people watching it's like i'll I'll play alternative songs at the end of my podcast and people will be like i never heard that musician before what's her name and i'll say and they'll be like lover i'm really now going to focus on that so these things really do permeate people do pick up like sponges what we see on tv and if kelly's out there spouting QAnon conspiracy theories that's dangerous you know like to me that's dangerous it's dangerous, but you can't sweep it under, under the rug and pretend that it's not there. You but can't. you also can't, I mean, also, I, I, you're right, but then I also feel like, but you can't shine the brightest spotlight on it either. I agree. Because we're at a, we're at a weird place. What, it, what in- you have to do, though, is you have to hold them accountable, and you have to hold them accountable publicly so that people... Yes as they're retaining that information, they can, you know, get the full scope of what's going on. This is why I think firing like Stassi and Kristen and just cutting them off of TV wasn't necessarily the best route for Bravo to take. I wish it would have been addressed on television so that we could have all learned and gone through that with them. Not necessarily, I think you have to dance on a very fine line with, you know, not, 
um, encouraging that type of behavior and like enabling them, but also making it teachable for the people that are consuming that type of content, you know? And, uh, but also I think there's that other, I, I agree, but then also it's like, but then also you're giving them a prize. You're allowing them no, to I still agree. have that's this forum. You have you're allowing. And that's where I think like Stasi is going to be just fine. Her core fan base is definitely She's still gonna there. She's going to be more famous after but, this but, than she but, ever was. Kristen's done. Kristen's, Kristen's the one that needs to worry, unfortunately, you know, Kristen's like Kristen done. really is done. And when you see her on social media now, it's almost like a sycophantic kiss ass to Jax and Stasi, And it's like, girl, you got your own thing going. Like you do not need to kiss anybody's ass. And it always seems like that's what like, look, I'm here. I'm here at their wedding after all, look at me. And it's like, man, do you have a little self-respect if you really have the courage of your convictions, you know? Yeah. I think she's going to have a really hard time not being on TV. Like, like coping with it. Yeah. 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 So Bronwyn did an interview with E.T. over the past couple of days where she basically said that her and her husband aren't living together, but they're still together. Do you have thoughts about this unconventional marriage? Well, I mean, obviously he needs his own place to keep all those statement necklaces. But uh, I just I, I mean, I that to me is like, okay, as long as it's a healthy decision. The thing I worry about though, is that we do see that there's some, you know, there's obviously some family stuff going on because her daughter posted that like F you mom on her Instagram a couple of weeks ago. So we know there's some real like tension going on here. I think they're handling it in a better way than say Kelly Dodwood, where she just outed her ex-husband saying he's a deadbeat dad on Instagram. That was wild. You know, so I think it's better than that. But yeah, they seem to have an unconventional relationship. So maybe unconventionality works for them. I don't know really what to say for it. Like as long as they're happy and more importantly that their kids understand, then I think that's good for them. And it, and Bronwyn's a real interesting person because it seems like she says a lot of the right things in regards to um, you know social justice issues or or things that line up with my personal beliefs. And I, I, I not pray to God, but I hope that she is really that way. I hope that she puts that same energy into her family that she does into all of these social justice issues. Um, and, and that'll be interesting to see, but I really was shocked and very um, in admiration of that last scene of OC where she admitted she was an alcoholic and that it's hard to feel all the feels and, and I just can't like forever such a long time, but I can't drink again. And, and to me, that was all so relatable. And so, um, and especially to, to do that with cameras, because you know, you'll be looser if you have a couple drinks in front of the cameras. I think that's hugely courageous. You know, are you sober? No, no. In fact, I talked about that on the, I have drinks like three or four times a week. And during quarantine, I'd have at least a glass of wine every night, like at least. And I mean, it wouldn't be like I'd get wasted, but like it became a real habit. But I got to tell you, it did make me think because I did have those same thoughts of like, man, I'm not. I'm, I'm looser. Like I'm so tense when I'm not, when, when I'm just myself, yeah. that it, I do have that sometimes that same thought process. So I was like, wow, this is, I'm really interested to see where this goes for her. And then I'll determine if I stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't hate, like, I feel like so many people hate her marriage right now. Cause they're like, this is weird. This is different. And I'm just like, let her. Oh man. 2020. If it's taught us anything is that at, everything's different. They were different on the first season already. It seemed like they like to maybe swing a little bit. They they kind of like, you know, and, and by the way, if that works for them, 
I mean, that works for them. Personally, do I want to have multiple people see me naked? No, you know, but like for them, it works. So I don't care about that crap as as much as other people do. I would get in between the two of them in bed. I'll say that. I would join the thruple. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm sure they've had some wild times in the last, you know, since they started filming that first season. I bet they've had their pick of a lot of different situations, you know? Oh, 100%. I like Bronwyn. I, I liked her. Last season was her first season, right? Yeah, Mom. Huh? I liked her last season. I, I Again, I only saw clips of her, and I just, I like her lifestyle. And so I'm like very much, I'm here for the Bronwyn vibe. Yeah, I mean, I think it gives it the gravitas and like a real, not heavy feeling, but a real feeling that you're watching something real. And I think that's what we need with these reality shows is that Beverly Hills sometimes can like spin out of control into this really weird highfalutin like galaxy where I think this kind of storyline will ground it and let some of the more ridiculous storylines breathe, you know? You know what I just realized about Beverly Hills is we never got our one-on-one Brandy Glanville special. Oh, in fact, yeah, we were told we did. And then it became a watch what happens live where she was on with another guest. Yeah. So I think that was Andy's way to be like, no guys, it's all good. Don't be mad. You know? And then it just never happened but because they I filmed think, it. Well, I, they said they did, but did we ever see any kind of she posted, footage? She posted, um, a photo of her taping it. Well, see, I, re- well, I, if we're thinking of the same photo, it was for the daily mail interview. And she just said, cameras are rolling. And everybody thought it was maybe. prior to that. It was prior okay. to the daily mail one. She did the da- daily mail after watch what happens live. And it was one, it was a really bad photo, but she posted it and it was her in front of like a purple screen. And yeah, she apparently it was a, it was supposed to come out right after the reunion. I don't know if they scrapped it, I guess. Well, I think it was part of the Denise lawsuit. I think it was part of yeah. like, well, we can't, you know, I think Denise really was very litigious in what was going to come out. And in a way I was definitely not team Denise, but I really was not, I really was very actively against Rinna um, and how she handled that whole situation. But Brandy was not a part of that show. Like, you know, at a certain point they needed to let it go and they just never did. And I think it made some of the, and especially you saw it in the reunion of like, how dare you Denise get all of your fans against us. And it's like, no, I'm not a fan of Denise. I just hated what I saw with you girls, you know? See, I feel like that's what a lot of the reaction was this season, but like, I felt like the reaction was a little unwarranted because we've seen this behavior several times in several other se- Like, look at the Munchausen season. People didn't really get, people weren't Team Yolanda and the woman was fucking sick. And yet they were yeah. exposed, like Kim Richards in the earlier days, Taylor and her husband committing suicide and the women outing her domestic violence on television. Like, this is kind of par for the course with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I feel like Brandy Glanville. Like, I feel like the producers really milked her. And I don't know. I think the lawsuit really kind of screwed her over. Well, Beverly Hills really does seem to fall into that trap again and again yeah. with making a minute or not, like, not a completely minute issue, but in making it their whole season. Yeah. And it's almost like they don't, they don't have the trust in themselves that they're entertaining regardless. Like New York doesn't really yeah. usually have a through line season, but it's just that they're so entertaining. Their behavior with each other, their characters are so entertaining that sometimes they don't need a huge plot line and it still works. Even yeah. though the season people said it was Bad. kind of a mess. I didn't like New York this season. 
but it's still enjoyable. And they had nothing to go on, really. They had nothing. I mean, to me, they. But if you go back and you watch some of those scenes as just scenes, like the the relationship between Sony and Ramona, you can't help but laugh. Like you, you, you can't. You know, they're yeah, they're they're entertaining. Um, what do you think about Teddy Joe now that she's been fired from? Real Housewives of Beverly Hills wanting to be a morning talk show host. Peace out, Teddy. I'm not going to be listening to that. Uh, I will not be up for that. No, Teddy, we're, we're in a great phase of a, a post-housewife life where she's obviously hired a PR crisis counselor because if you guys notice, she's in the Daily Mail now more than ever. So she's trying to keep her name in there until she solidifies some sort of job. So if it is that daytime, she, you know, you'll probably start hearing a lot of rumors too like that. That like, oh, Teddy might join this or Teddy might join Selling Sunset like they did with Tamara. It's all about a PR crisis team trying to keep somebody's name in the news. And that really goes to show you that Teddy is sort of panicking, you know, it's sort of like I need to secure well, whatever my her next thing paycheck is. has been shot, not just with Beverly Hills, but with her or all in by Teddy. Yes. What was I mean, it? that all I'm... got uh, all in was like that you know, where they were telling you to eat 500 calories a day and asking if you can have a piece of bread and like really hardcore. And it was very unhealthy if you go by what diets are supposed to be and how you are supposed to lose weight, you know, in a healthy way. I feel like, I don't know, I'm not even interested in her anymore. I, there were so many times over the past like year and a half that she was almost booked on my show and her PR team just was never amazing, to be honest. Um, and I wouldn't mind having her on the show but now that she's not on the show, I'm like, now I really don't w- want her on at all. Like, I wouldn't even want no, to like, because re-entertain like, that idea. I mean, and and I was watching a clip of her podcast, The Teddy Teapod, which I, I reviewed on my show once. And it's really, she had a guest on, Bob Guinea, one of the old bachelors. And all of a sudden, she was like talking more about her personal life and her life in the housewives than the guest was. And I was like, this is insane. Like Teddy, like this is like, you're supposed to talk about the guests not about your personal story yeah. to the guests. And the guest was like, really that happened to you? And I was like, this is so weird. It's because you have reality stars trying to become podcasters. And some of them just don't have that ability to not make it all about themselves when they're interviewing somebody else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't I care. Mean, I honestly don't care to watch her on anything else moving forward. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I've got my fill of Teddy. It was fun while it, you know, I always liked making fun of Teddy being boring. I I, I thought it was a fun joke, uh, but I'm I'm good. I'm I don't, I've made all the Teddy boring jokes that I could ever make in my lifetime, and I'm ready to move on. You know, um, somebody that's not ready to move on is Tori Spelling. She. <laughs> Is a well, I think Tori Spelling's crisis PR team is the one that keeps trying to push this story that she's going to be joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and now they're saying she's going to be joining this upcoming season as a friend of. Yeah, I mean, I think this is once again a PR company putting that story out there with no. It's like what we saw, I, I believe, with uh, Caitlyn Jenner and uh, so. Uh, oh her, my God, she totally started th- that fucking rumor herself. Yes, that's. A, but I think this is the same thing. I yeah. think Tori got people. You 
know, we've heard these rumors about Tory Spelling for years now, I believe. And we're seeing it's just that same old cycle of because Tori does need the paycheck. I mean, that really is true. Her mom, Candy, or it's Candy Spelling, right? Candy. Um, I would rather see Candy Spelling on the show than Tori Spelling. And Candy has the money. I think we also need to be really careful. And we saw this in OC is that Gina, you got to you can't have this financial disparity. The housewives need to show their tax returns at the beginning of the season because we can't have somebody making $500,000 a year and then Gina making $100,000 a year and come look at my condo. And then Shannon's like, it's nice. Like we can't, we can't, we need, if you're going to do the glamorous life of the housewives, go for that. We can't then have go to somebody's condo and be like, Hey, I know this is 45 minutes away from Beverly Hills, but this is where we live. You know, it doesn't make sense. I agree that you have to, the, the issue is the affluent women don't want to be on a show like real housewives. They have their own, you know, life to themselves. They don't need the money. They don't really care to be a part of the the drama on the television shows. That like, that's why you you end up with the Gina's because those are the ones that are that have that desperation to really put themselves out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Tori Spelling, I would, I would be, I would be okay with just because I liked 90210 when I was growing up. And I, but other than that, it doesn't matter. I just think it would be a weird addition. I don't think she fits. And I, yeah, I agree. It would be weird. Yeah. Mm, are you watching Potomac? Yeah, of course. Are you liking are Potomac? You? Love, love Potomac. I thought this past week was so so it's like you know they had those like building episodes because you had so such an exciting like run up to the the monique slamming candace's head on the table i mean what a what a great exciting season and i'm still i i i I watched all of potomac in the last year because i was one of those people that hadn't watched it so i'm still relatively in love with all of the people on potomac you know i haven't gotten fatigue like housewife fatigue syndrome that you get so even like candace i'm like okay like I'm not, I don't have those really big grudges I have with like Beverly Hills and some New York people, you know? And I think that's why it's so entertaining for me to watch is because I'm just not over, over them yet. Do you like Monique this season? I feel like she's real hot and cold with people. Uh, Yeah. You know what? I do like Monique. I think Monique needs to, I mean, I just also, I know they're, they're saying like, you know, we don't want to be presented as angry black women and stuff like that. And it's like a huge deal, but I do think at a certain point, like I, she's starting to lose me with the, I blacked out and all that and be like, no, she ran her mouth and I smashed her head into a table. I'm sorry if you don't like it because I do think she had a point of, and she said this when that they were all, she was talking to all the ladies is that there has to be something said for those people that think it's all right to constantly run their mouths. They will sometime catch a smack at some point by the wrong person. And on that day, Monique was the wrong person. If you have somebody constantly trying to talk crap to you, it does wear on you. And especially if you have a close relationship with that person, I, I don't, I don't condone it. Violence is horrible. It's not ever the answer, but it happens. But yeah, and you I mean if you're Candace, I wish Candace would also be like, yeah, I do I run my mouth a great deal. I mean, and I would have to imagine she has run her mouth a great deal in her life that this might not be the first time something similar like has happened to her, you know? Teddy Mellencamp needs to go and have them be a little more accountable. She needs to be their <laughs> accountability coach. 
You she, need all in with she, Teddy, guys. By the way, why don't they team up and like bash Teddy's head into a table? Like that, they team up together. Uh, I'm joking. That's see, right. <laughs> see, <laughs> since Teddy came back into the conversation, I feel like I would have loved to have seen Teddy on this new season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I would have loved to have seen her have the tables turned and her be the Denise Richards or the Lisa Vanderpump because normally Teddy's the one pointing the finger at the other woman in the middle of the drama that I would have loved to have seen that flip. And from what I was hearing from people close to production for Beverly Hills, that was going to be one of the angles this season, especially with the addition of Kathy Hilton coming onto the show and Kathy not being the biggest Teddy, uh, Teddy Joe fan. Yeah. I mean, I, I just sometimes don't think certain people aren't built ever to lead. Certain people aren't ever yeah. built to come in like that. It's like Denise. I would have loved to have seen Denise Richards come on just to see that dynamic with Lisa Rinna. But then at the same time, we would, we would be trying to hope for something that Denise isn't. Yeah. And she's just not good at, she's not good at lying. She's not good at really standing up for herself. She's so the, the, the showdown between Rinna and Denise, as much as I would have loved to have seen it probably would have been disappointing in the long run, you know? I agree. I I think the scene that we got of them that oh you're so angry that yeah, scene was yeah. <laughs> that soap opera days of our lives scene was was perfect enough for me to kind of just like put that to rest. But by the way, that's what I mean. That's another thing. If somebody said that to Monique, I mean, I think Rinna's head would be like bam, you know, like I mean, like because Rinna, like that's Rinna irked me. Like Rinna, like made me Monique angry this season. You know, I liked Rinna this season. I was <laughs> definitely, I was not team Denise this season at all. Well, I mean, I don't think she gave team Denise in the sense of like, she did anything worthy of Denise is relatively boring. Like her husband is much weirder and fascinating to watch than Denise is, you know, like I'm bummed that like, we don't get to see Aaron anymore on TV and all his like kooky, like, things that he talked about that bummed me out Denise you know it's just that I thought they teamed up so poorly against her that it almost made you root for her out of like oh fuck I just I hate to see this This is like almost like bullying you know I agree but I I mean I I feel like I've I've beaten Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that dead horse to like (laughs) into the ground at this point on this show but um back to Monique do you think that she will be back next season? People are thinking this is going to be like her Dorinda season where, cause I just feel like she's not likable with most of the audience right now. And like you said, there's a lot of deflection and now she's, she's saying that the, the portrayal that she's getting is just shady editing from the producers. Do you feel like this is her last season? Well, it, it really depends. And we saw she was on Watch What Happens Live a couple of weeks ago. And we saw, we heard that her and Candace still have not made up. Uh, I think there still is active litigation going on. Yeah. So if if they find some way to mend, not on like, you know, in their personal lives, she will be back. If the, If they don't, I think she'll be gone. The only other thing that would be interesting is that I think they might maybe extend a friend of role because they also... The biggest star of the season has been T'Challa and you lose T'Challa. Like, I mean, like you lose something that got really the fans kind of excited and made fun of a lot. And you lose, you can't keep T'Challa without Monique. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, But I I think it all depends on that Candace relationship. And if that doesn't fly, then I don't think there's reason for her to, uh, to be there. I don't think there's going to be any mending, to be honest. I think, I think they're done. And I think Monique's done. 
I'm not, I, I think, I feel like I'm a little more Team Monique. It's hard because you, it's like, how are you, how can I be Team Monique when she's the one that literally like slammed Candace's head into the table? But like, I just, I feel like Candace is, like you said, one of those people, she just runs her mouth and then, you know, doesn't think that there's ever going to be ramifications of her actions. And now we finally see that there were ramifications, that there was a a, a reaction to all of the, her flapping her gums. And I just, I wouldn't hate if they both went this season actually and didn't yeah you know what i would be i would be totally down for that i could lose candace too because can i mean i really i don't i don't fan yeah i mean i i know i mean but i will say a lot of people really dislike candace but i it's the show was still so fresh when i started this season that i was like i ah she's so cute with the little button nose and i think it's funny that she threw herself a one-year anniversary party that costs a lot of money like those things were still cute to me as we're getting further into the season i'm like she does run her mouth a lot. She does run her mouth a lot. And that stuff does catch up to you at some point, you know? I agree. Let's do a quick rumor mill before we close out the show. Um, should we start with Jersey or Atlanta? Oh, whatever. Your cho- I mean, those are both strong choices. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, I feel like we're going to get a, a, um, a new Jersey premiere soon. Um, yeah. So, the drama this season, word on the street, is that Jackie and Teresa are at odds because apparently Teresa brought up some cheating rumors about Jackie's hot husband, Evan. <laughs> uh, I would cheat yeah, with Evan. If Evan Yeah, by the way, everybody DMs, says Evan is one of the hottest house husbands. and I uh, think he's replaced Mauricio for me. Well, Mauricio is starting to show his age. Mauricio is, and he's really leaning into the stoner Mauricio vibe, mm. which I'm all, you know, I mean, I think that's a different form of sexy if you can really appreciate and enjoy your own life. Are you a stoner? But no, 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 no. I can't handle, uh, you know, like that, that I'll get paranoid like that, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think Mauricio, I think Evan, supposedly all the girls that I talk to love Evan more than they love Jackie. But I think cheating rumors are a lot of the bread and butter of these type of shows. So I think that I look forward to seeing that on screen. How do, how should they be addressing cheating rumors? Cause I feel like when you deny it and try to shut it down and like have a big reaction to it, that's when it becomes more of a snowball storyline. Well, then- I mean, Teresa is also going to be careful if she's the one presenting this information because she's dealt with many actual cheating allegations in her relationships uh, and also she's cheated as well, supposedly, you know, she, you know, they were still married at the time she was hooking up with people. So uh, she, I mean, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how that is handled and it should, I hope, I pray for Teresa's sake, it's not some gotcha moment because the audience is real sensitive that, to that kind of stuff I notice, and they will not sometimes take Teresa's side, even though she thinks she's bringing content. A lot of these housewives, when they think they're producing their own content, ends up shooting themselves in the foot. And it always does the opposite, yet they keep doing it. Like nobody coaches these ladies to realize like how this game works. And that's why it's so great that the housewives have going on like decades now or a decade at least is that it's like survivor is like, there's certain gameplay that you do and you can shoot yourself in the foot really quickly. If you're the one presenting this information in a gotcha sort of way, when it's a sensitive topic, you know, do you think we could ever see a Jersey without Teresa? 
We've seen it before and it's, it's not been the greatest, you know, I mean, the best seasons have always been Teresa centric to a degree. Um, I would love, I mean, I do miss those. I do miss those days of Caroline of, you know, I think all of those people, there was such a, of, of Lorita and, and um, you know, all that stuff. I mean, eventually there will be an end for Teresa, you know, just like that's the nature of these shows and there'll be a rebuilding season of some sort. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I could give or take Teresa. I don't have strong passion for her the way a lot of people do. I don't really understand the strong passion. Yeah, for like it's honest. like, but I think it's because she's OG. I think it's because she's OG because she gave us the prostitution whore. Mm. I think like that kind of stuff cements in our mind. And it's one of the first cementable moments in Housewives history and that's OG like that will all nobody can take that away. And then if you actually look at the actual story of her life, she went to prison. Her husband cheated on her. And like we saw that phone call in Italy. She has all those kids. She I mean, she came back from prison. Like I mean, there's insanity. Like her husband went to prison. He came out, decided they're going to be divorced. We got to see that trip to Italy. I mean, she's really put a lot of her life out there. And for that, that is what I guess all you can ask for from a housewife. I agree. I, I think though she's, I mean, it's going to, I'm going to be watching and really paying attention to her behavior in this new season, because we saw that last season was the first time producers really kind of turned on her and like, um, broke the fourth wall and showed her being a little bit more of a villain. And I think they've protected her from that with all of the Melissa stripper stuff in the past. Now they really showed her instigating the Margaret and Danielle fight that now that she knows that she doesn't have that protection of the producers, I'm going to be curious to see how, like what Teresa we get this season. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. And uh, I think usually they brought it the last couple of seasons. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to Jersey, you know, let's talk Atlanta. Nene leaks. Were you sad to see her go? <laughs> no, it was time. It was uh, time. I mean, I'm more sad to see her behavior ever since. Like it's pretty wacky. And it's like what I'm saying. That's why we need a documentary of these people. Their first year after yeah. post housewives, because Nene's having a meltdown, man. She's never been told. No, it feels like, and like, she's truly shocked that she didn't get her way. And it's not making her look good. It's hurting her reputation rather than helping it. Her throwing out accusations of like discrimination and racism against the network. Like it doesn't make her, this is the year to not like, if you're going to throw down that card, like you need to make sure it like you're serious about it. You can't use it as a PR gimmick because you're really going to lose your audience because they're going to see right through it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think because it, it's just like a damn man, you're better than that. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. And so it, I, I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of people had patience for Nini towards the end anyways. And now they really don't. And I just find that a shame is that she could coast a couple years on the reputation of being Nini Leaks, of being an originator, yeah. of being an OG. And she's just leaving everybody with a bad taste in their mouth where you have somebody like Portia who's ascending, who's, you know, keeps you know, people keep like discovering Portia after all of these years of giving Portia her due after all of these years. So it's really fascinating how that works. And I think it just screams jealousy other than anything else. Vicky, Tamara, Nini, all just like 
bitter and they're not going to have much of a career after this. If well, I mean, my, my, and I always, I've said this for like five or six years now was that my uh, first podcast was, I was on ever. I pitched the idea of uh, a survivor style housewife show where you take yeah. all those recently kicked off you put them through fear factor challenges. They have to eat eyeballs. They have to do that. They have to win. They have to do sensitivity training. And then whoever wins the whole competition, it'd be like a six episode series. They get to go back to their respective cast. Yeah. You know, we need a, a charm school for housewives. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. We see all these people that don't seem to know how to act. And I guess maybe that's it. Is that the, the message? Maybe you can't really tame a housewife. And we really need to appreciate that. And we can't mold these people when we want to watch them sometimes act unmoldable. Well, I think it's because Bravo built up their ego so much that they don't know how to not be this crazy ego-driven housewife. Like, I feel like we... We yeah, we gassed them up. We yeah, gassed them up. Yeah. We enabled them and enabled a lot of their bad behavior, probably behind the scenes, because Bravo knew they brought good TV. And now, you know, they just they don't know how to cope when they're not in their natural habitat. Okay. When they're not yeah, in their that makes total sense. Glorious yeah. the habitat. Because like now we see so Cynthia just had her wedding and they're taping the new season of Real Houses <laughs> of Atlanta. And Nini apparently was supposed to go to the wedding, but she refused to go unless Bravo paid her $125,000, basically an appearance fee to attend the wedding. Well, and what's funny about that is that they didn't even end up filming the wedding because it was over a 10, because it was like 250 people, not socially distanced, couple people wore masks, but Bravo did put the kibosh on that last minute and said, Hey, we don't feel comfortable pu- pu- yeah. putting our crew in. And so but Nini doing that is just another ridiculous, like, yo, if you're in a spot like that, you do that shit for free. Yeah. You go up there for the press. You go up there to show your face. You don't go there to get a paycheck. That's ridiculous. Nobody in their right. You do not have that kind of gravity. You don't have that kind of pull anymore to demand a paycheck. And the fact that she thinks that that might've worked is like cuckoo. Yeah. I, I mean, she doesn't have glee anymore. She doesn't have like, I don't know what she's really going to do after this. Well, here's some tea that I don't think I've ever told on any podcast was that I worked at an acting studio for like 13 years and Nini came in a couple times for acting coaching. And one time I you had to call her. her. I didn't coach her personally. My boss did. Um, and cause she, you know, she had that glee and she had another show that uh, was on NBC for like a, a half of a season. Uh, but she, uh, her credit card didn't go through. Uh, and I had to call her. Um, but by the way, I had to call her because it's like, sometimes that, you know, Happens, the yeah. card's written down wrong, whatever. And she, and she literally was like, you think I don't pay my bills? You think I don't? And I was like, uh, no, I mean, I don't even think that at all. Like, you know, like what? Like, and it was, I was, uh, I think we might've written it down wrong, you know, but it was very needy, you know? See, I think it's like Ramona. Like these women believe that they can behave this way because they do it on television. And then they think they can go off and like treat people like this in the real world. I, you know, there's a part of me though that believes Nini was always like this. There's a part of me with Nini. I believe she's always like this. Yeah. I think Ramona's always been like that too. Exactly. Completely. That's exactly it. Yes. Okay, so we had a, a lot of housewives get married over the quarantine, or largest Bravo stars in general. If you had to pick a wedding that you had to attend, 
You couldn't go to Cynthia's, but if you had to pick one between the three recent weddings, Callie Dodd, David Bedore, and Stassi Schroeder, which one would you attend? Dude, that is like, that's okay. like, that's, I mean, that's really an intense question. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm going to rephrase it into a kill, bang, marry sort of situation. So you have to be a bridesmaid for one of them. You have to be the the photographer for the other one and a DJ or you get to refuse to go to one of them. So you have to be a bridesmaid, wedding photographer, and ditch one. Wedding photographer, I got to do... Um... Wait, who was the third? It's Stassi and Bo, Kelly Dodd, and then what was the third? David Bedore. David Bedore. Uh, wedding photographer Stassi. I think that would be interesting to look through the eye of a lens on that. Um, I would go to Kelly Dodd's because I think it's... I think it, I, I know somebody that went, I think it was a shit show and that would have been funny to watch. And I would have stayed far away. I would have worn a mask. I would have, you know, like. I, but it, it seems like that would be the most like, wow. Well, it wasn't a tent. It was bridesmaid. The, the second option was to be oh, a bridesmaid. Damn it. So wedding photographer oh. to shoot it, to work for them, bridesmaid to be with the actual bride. And then you get to skip one. Okay. Yeah, this changes my whole answer. I got, so I'm going to ditch Stassi's wedding entirely then. What? I'm go- Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't, because I don't want to be there as a bridesmaid for Stassi. I don't want to be there for his wife. So I would then shoot Kelly Dodd's wedding to try to pick up on the insane stuff. And I guess I would be a bridesmaid for Leslie Cook, David Bedores, because it's like, they just took that weird naked photo in the woods. I don't really have anything personally against her, except they have bad taste. Uh, but Stasi, I don't want to support her as a bridesmaid. You know, I don't want to. I feel like it's a vote of confidence, and I don't have confidence in Stasi fully. You know. Okay, that's fair. And also, Jax would kill me because I make so much fun of him. You know. I just realized the other day I've, I'm blocked by Jax on Instagram. Oh, I didn't. Is. He but likes, I didn't search. I literally didn't out. even know that I was in his sphere. Yeah, it's pretty exciting when somebody new gets blocked by Jax, or when they find out it's a. I think it's a, when it a happens and when you find out aren't the same time. Usually it's a rite of passage in any young podcaster's life to uh, be blocked by Jack. So that's a sign that you're doing something right. You know? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, Ryan Bailey for calling in and chatting with me. Can you please pimp out your podcast? Yes, you guys. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find those podcasts. They are long episodes usually. They are long form, so there's timestamps. So you can skip, like, there's usually two or three interviews per podcast. Uh, it's like a radio show. Uh, go follow the Instagram, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. It's just a bunch of silly memes and shit posting, uh, but I really enjoy it, and uh, I love chatting with uh, any with everybody on there. That's, like, fun. And, yeah, if you like the podcast, leave a five-star review, and I would suggest the same for Zach's podcast because it's the most simple thing that you can do for free. It costs you nothing and it really does help us. So that is it. Um, and yeah, thanks. If you uh, try to tune in, see if you like it. Yes. It's actually very entertaining. It's like a, a Joe Rogan long form podcast, but like you can take it in bites. Yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> yeah, you really can. Please leave us reviews like that does so much more than I think people realize. I've lost my reviews. I, I don't think this is. Wait, how do you lose you. your reviews? I've lost them twice. Twice. How? Twice. Is that um, something I have to look out for? The first one was it was early in the early in my podcasting, early in doing the show. We switched distributors and it like fucked up the feed. So I lost all my subscribers and all of my reviews. And then it happened again more recently 
because iTunes flagged me. I used to have different music artists come on the show and I would play their music. And so iTunes flagged me for copyright and just took the entire show all down altogether. So I had to redo and read. So I've had to rebuild twice. So please leave me reviews. The life of a podcaster is, uh, it's a, it's an uphill battle all the time. It's a learning curve for sure. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag no fields with Zach Peter. That's me. Go and give me a follow at just plain Zach Ryan Bailey. Where can they follow you? At Ryan Bailey 25 and at so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Like I said, Ryan Bailey 25. There you go. There you go. And you can follow at no filter with Zach to keep up with the latest show news and get funny memes about your favorite Bravo lebs that you love to hate. All right, guys. Also, if you want to join our private Facebook group, the link is in the description below. I'm going to go and eat something because my brain is a little wonky. (laughs) All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.